Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie uh, Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Stanley Hubbard from the state of Indiana, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Steve Cordo from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Yusuf Al Ford from the state of Indiana, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There's over 1,800 live shows on that uh, website there at this hour. And you will consistently find this radio show on pages 1 through 4 of that website. I can see it's on page 1 of the website tonight. And if you have any questions or comments for my co-host or uh, on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B, Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer. Thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day. 
and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-hosts on the show this evening, Clay Phillips and Stanley Hubbard, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life. And we pray that you will continue to bless them and their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are just so grateful for his sacrifice on Calvary's cross. For without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you will forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak and we often fall short. Of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. We will not have a question on the broadcast this evening, but we do have two of my co hosts, Clay Phillips. He serves as the evangelist with the Rose City Church of Christ. From Thomasville, Georgia, he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to kick off the show. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Stanley Hubbard. He's my newest co-host. He serves as the evangelist for the Kingsley Terrace Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out. Open up your Bibles now and open your minds. And let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice here will be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Let us gather just for a 
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co host, Clay Phillips. Good evening. It is always good to be able to come and participate with my friend Stevie Butler and just enjoy uh, the opportunity to share God's unadulterated truths. It is uh, good to be here, and we hope and pray that uh, everything is going well with you. Now, let us get to the seriousness of this evening. Turn your Bible with me now to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. I want to commence reading at verse 15. And we're going to terminate at verse 21, that verses 15 through verse 21. And I want you to pay close attention as we read from God's word. And we find these words written, and he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the tower and upon the bulwark to shoot arrows and great stones with all. And his name, notice now the Bible says, and his name spread far abroad. For he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up and his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. (laughs) And then in verse 17 says, And Ezra, the priest, went in after him 
and with him fourscore priests of the Lord, eighty more chased. Now, who are they chasing here? Let's read it further. That was valid men, talking about the, the preachers. Here we got 81 preachers here. Then in verse number 18 says, and they withstood Uzziah, the king, and said unto him, it apparently, you don't understand some things here, not for thee, uh, appertaining, <laughs> apparently you don't understand, the appert- this does not pertain to you, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord. But to the priest, the son of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of here. Get out of the sanctuary. For thou hast passed. Neither shall it be for thine honor from the love. Then, now watch this. Listen, listen. Watch this. Watch this. Uzziah, Second Chronicles, for those that are not, that they missed it. Second Chronicles, chapter 26. I want to make sure you get this. Before reading it further, verse 19 to 21, you need to hear this. Second Chronicles, 26, verse 19 through 21. It says, then Uzziah, come here, was wrapped. Or wrong, or angry, or man. Etymologically, the word wrath means to be furious. And had an incense in his hand to burn incense, and while he was wroth with the priest, <laughs> he was mad at the preacher. Uh, he was mad. At the preacher. Now, all the preachers who met at 81 preachers or priests. And the Bible says the leprosy even rolls up into his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense of altar. And Ezariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him. And behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence, and yea, himself hasted that also to go out, because the Lord had smited him. And notice the verse number 21. And Uzziah, the king, was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelled in a Secluded house, the word uh, severia means concluded, uh, a isolated house, being leper, but he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jephthah, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people in the land. I'm going to use for us topic this evening, oh, you may, with the preacher. <laughs> Come here. Let's listen to this thing. Oh, you mad with the preacher. 
Now, to really get an understanding of what's going on in the text, we need to back up and get a clear understanding of what is happening here in our lesson, in our text. So let us, let us, let us back up to, first of all, let me just give you a synopsis of what happened here. Uh, uh, Uzziah was the son of Ezariah, uh, reign, his dad, reign, and God took the kingdom from Ezariah because Ezariah did not do what the Lord asked. And God said, no, you're not going to be the king anymore. And so when you look back at chapter 25, verse 25 through verse 28, you will notice that the Bible talks about how that Ezariah uh, ignored God. The Bible says, and Ezariah, the son of Joash, the king of Judah, lived after the death of Joash. Now notice and drop down to verse number 27. And, and then it tells us that he did not take heed to the word of God. Now, when you get to chapter 26, then we find Uzziah reigning. The Bible says, then all the people of Judah took Uzziah. <laughs> Look at it. Who was 16 years old. Uzziah was a young boy. 16 years old when God allowed him to say, come on, you be the king. Because your daddy disrespected me. And so here, I want you to be the king. Now understand, God is the God of the secular world as well as uh, the spiritual world and the church. God is the God. He reigns over all. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 13, I don't have to read all that, that we need to obey the law of the land. So there, that God gives power. So here we find God giving power to the king. And then when we get to the, the latter part of it, we're going to see God also gives power to the priest. Or the preacher. Okay, let's look now. The Bible says in Romans in uh, uh, Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six. Uzziah was sixteen years old, and they made him king over his father instead. Then I notice now the Bible says that uh, Uzziah reigned for fifty-two years. Woo! He reigned for 52 years. He, he, he was a good king. He, he did what God asked him to do. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 3, 16 years old was Uzziah, and when he was reigned, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. <laughs> Look at it. That boy, doing what God asked. Verse number 4 says, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father, Ezariah, did not do. His dad did not obey God. And so here we find that the Bible says in verse number five, and who had understanding in the vision of the Lord. So he, then what he did, what, what, now understand this, Uzziah went to worship. <laughs> Uzziah served the Lord. His dad did not worship God. And see, but the problem with most people is no, they like to make this excuse that I'm mad with the preacher. That's why I don't go to worship. That's why I don't go to church. 
You can't go to church, but I'm using that for, for analogy. That's why I don't go, because I'm mad. I'm angry with the preacher. And a lot of people did. So here we find, uh, now remember, Uzziah's father did not serve the Lord. So Zechariah, the priest, uh, uh, Uzziah said, now, now, now uh, remember now, uh, his dad did not obey, but Uzziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> now, 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 now watch this. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. Call somebody up and say, y'all need to listen to this. Verse 6 says in chapter 26 of Second Chronicles, chapter 26, verse 6 says, And he went forth and warred against the Philistines. So now, remember now, he, he started at 16. Uh, 52 years he, he served the Lord in here. He, he uh, warred against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath and the walls of Anak. And the walls of Ashdod, and he built Ashdod, and he built Philist, uh, the, the Philistine town to be God's town. Look at him working, doing God's will. And the Bible says, now what is interesting here, uh, verse number seven. But the interesting is that and God, come here, come here, and God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians. That dwell in Ubayah and Maniah. So here we find God says, I, I'm the one who helped you now. Don't you forget where you came from. Who? Don't you forget where you came from. I'm, I'm the one that helped you. Don't you forget that preacher that helped you. Back, if you back up to chapter, verse number 5 in, in chapter 26, it says, and he sought God in the day of Zechariah, who had understanding and in the vision of the Lord. In other words, he seen that Zechariah was God's man. And he listened to Zechariah. He grew up under the leadership of this preacher called Zechariah. And then the Bible says that the law, in verse 7, and God helped him against the Philistines. Now drop down to verse number eight. And the uh, Amorites gave gifts unto Uzziah. Now, now this is this is interesting. Now, now you got to be mindful. You got to be careful about your gifts. But don't let your gifts <laughs> let the Bible speak, Brother Clay Lee Phillips. Don't let your gift that you receive start making you think you better than everybody else. And so here, now, now this, see, God made it known in verse 7, write this down, Moses, I want you to write this down, and God helped him. Don't you ever forget where you came from. God helped him to become king and conqueror. And now, I'm going to show you how God helped that joke. Man, know what the Bible says. It says, and his name spread abroad, even to the entering in of Egypt. Even Egypt heard about it. You know, that's when Israel came out of. For he strengthened him or himself a city. 
So now, now, so then, notice now, in verse number seven, said God helped him. In verse number eight, it says he strengthened himself. In other words, he got proud of those gifts. He got proud of those gifts. That the Lord done for me. So now, God is going to bless us. When God blesses us, don't get beside yourself. Don't get tw- don't get it twisted and start thinking you done this. So this is what it says now. Notice verse number eight. It says, and he strengthened himself exceedingly. Then in verse number nine says, moreover, Uzziah, moreover now, more and over. Wow, God, God will work it out. Uzziah, the Bible says, built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the, bit, at, at the valley of the gates and turned the walls and, and fortified them. Look at Uzziah working, building. Verse 10 says, also he built towers in the desert. That boy, bad boy. <laughs> this is a bad boy now. Y'all come here, come here. This is a bad boy. Built towers in the desert. What does he do? He dug wells. For he had much cattle, both in in the lower part and in the county or in the country, in the plains. He had husbandmen uh, with farmers, vineyards in the mountains. He had camels and and he had uh, everything that you can love, the Bible says. And verse 11 says, moreover, not only that, here is moreover again. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men. The devil has some strong food fighting up in here. <laughs> Uzziah had the host of fighting men that went out to war. Not only that, he had um, uh, the hand of Jael, the scribe, and uh, Manasseh, the ruler, unto the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. That boy set things that are. He had organization and government. In verse 12 says, the whole number of the chief of the fathers of the men, mighty men of valor. He had mighty men of valor. Notice what it says here. Were 2,600 and under their hand was an army. 300,000. 700,000. 500,000 that war and, had, and were mighty in war. In verse 14. Now, now, now understand, don't, don't forget where we came from. We're going to get there in a minute. That uh, how did Uzzah end up being angry with the preachers? How do you get mad with the preachers? Here God is blessing you. And, and be careful now. Most people that can't handle a blessing because they, they start getting mad with the preacher. Because then, because why? Now, let, let me sell that to you. Can, can I show it to you? All right, let's read the present. Verse number 14. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the hosts. He made shields. He made swords. He made helmets. He made body armor. Look at this man. 
This, now, 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 understand now, in verse 7, God is the one that helped him. Then in verse 13 says, in our text, it says, and he made in Jerusalem engines. <laughs> that boy made an engine. Ford don't have nothing on him. That boy got, that boy made some engines. He made, uh, he made, boy, look here, look here. He made, he invented, he had men that to invent, the Bible said it was cunning men. And they built towers upon the bookwalk. Bookwalk means a defense wall. They, they built a, a defense wall, and then they put, they had a, a uh, machine, uh, not a machine gun, a machine arrow shooter. Tap, 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 tap. Uh, and the Bible says that in verse number 16, no, no, in verse, verse 15, it says, to shoot arrows, great stones without, and, and the notice says, and his name, now, now this is what we have to be careful about, and his name, and his name spread far abroad. You got to be careful about those blessings that God gives you. Because don't let those blessings mess you up. Don't let those blessings uh, rain down on you and call you to forget who in charge. Don't. Uh, uh, okay, let's listen. Everybody says, and he was marvelously, 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 marvelously. Till he was strong. God, God worked marvelous, marvelously with him. The Bible is teaching us that God transformed that boy. How do you know that? Because the Bible says in, in James, it says, God has transformed us out of darkness into the marvelous light. So here, Uzzah was transferred out of darkness woo, into the marvelous light. In other words, that God was not helping his father in darkness, but turned around and helped him in the light, transformed him. Look at it. God transferred that boy. Outside. The Bible says, Tim, he was strong. Now, with the word kill, that means there's a change about to come on. There's a change about to happen. It went on, God. He was serving God, doing God's will. God blessed him. But one day, till he got strong. This is when folks learn to forget God. Amen? Don't you ever forget God. When, you, when you're on the high horse, don't you forget where you came from. Notice in verse 16. Now, this is Bible. I need some Bible readers now. This this Bible, it says in verse 16, but when he was strong, now in that verse 15, the last part of it says, God helped him marvelously, helped him till he was strong. So what happened when he got strong? But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Booyah! His heart was lifted up to his destruction. 
What's going on, Brother Phillips? Is that Uzziah, his daddy, mister, didn't want to listen to the preachers, didn't want to do what God asked him to do. Uzziah, somebody said, where I'm coming from, uh, Second Chronicles, the Old Testament scripture, Second Chronicles, chapter 26. I'm not, I am at verse 16. Second Chronicles, chapter 26 and verse 16. I'm glad you look watching, okay? He said, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. He was his own self-destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God. <laughs> Before, see, there are some, listen, preachers, listen, preachers, listen. When you preach the word, preach the word. Uh, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after the lost shall they heat themselves, teachers have the ears, and they shall turn away the ears from the truth, and shall return unto fables. Oh, God! Woo! Turn to favors. Well, why is that preacher? For the Bible says that that he receives gifts. <laughs> he receives gifts from the Amorites. And that blew his head up. Amorites uh, is talking about from the world. Don't you get caught up into the world's good until you forget the good of the church. Come here, come here, let me explain. Don't you forget and get caught up into the world's good until you forget what's good for the church. Bible said, Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, lose his own soul? The rich man had a, uh, a poor man laying at his gate and didn't sin. He died. Death is the equalizer. Both died. The rich man went to hell. The poor man was in Abraham's bosom. And he saw him there, but you couldn't see him while you're on earth. Don't let your vision cause you to miss God's grace. Woo. Oh, all right, all right. Come down, Katie. The Bible says, in verse 16, and when he was strong, talking about Uzzah, his heart was lifted up with destruction, for he, trust, for he transgressed against the Lord his God. Now, what did he do? How did he do? And, and, and no one did now. And went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. He lost his mind. You can't do what you did in the world, in the church, the church is totally different. God's kingdom, God's providence is different. You cannot. So Uzzah had got the big head, and so I got all of this in the world. So I'm going to come in the church now. I'm going to do my own thing up in the church. Uh, the Bible says, he, he, in other words, you got to be careful about your success. Do not let your success think you 
run God's kingdom. You're, I have to be careful. I'm a retired fire chief. And let me say that one more again. I am a retired fire chief. And, and believe me, it was difficult uh, differentiating from the being a leader at the fire department and coming and preaching God's kingdom. I had to I had to humble myself. Let me tell you how I humble myself. Every, every day. Let me tell you now how I humble myself. Because listen, you can crucify Christ afresh if you're not careful. You can crucify Christ afresh if you're not careful. I, how did I humble myself? This, I still do it this day. I I I got pretty much you know I'm, I'm fire chief and this and that and accolades and and so. But that doesn't make even, listen. I had a different being a preacher and a fighter. I had to learn. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I do. Every morning when I come into my office, I get uh, a little cup and I got vinegar and water. So a teaspoon of water and a teaspoon of vinegar. And I take that every morning to keep me on the understand that Jesus died on the cross for me. I, I take vinegar, I, I taste it every morning. I, because when Jesus was on the cross, they put vinegar and water and gave it to him. And the Bible teaches us that he is at the name of Jesus and he's going to buy. And so if Jesus can take the vinegar and I taste the vinegar, and it, listen, it, it's bad. It's nasty. Oh, it's nasty. Uh, it's bad. But what it does, it keeps me humble. It keeps me realizing Jesus died now on the cross for you. Let's read the further. The Bible says uh, in verse 17 of Second Chronicles, those that listen, Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 17. The old, remember that those things written in the old time was written for our learning that we through patient and comfort of the scripture might have hope. So I'm trying to give them over here. Verse 17 says, and Ezariah, the priest, went in after him. Uzzah then ran into the temple, grabbed the burnt offering, the sick, that the light. <laughs> that boy lost his mind. He ran in the temple, grabbed the stick that light the incense, and was going inside and went in the temple. And the Bible says that Azariah, the priest, went in after him, and with his, notice now, four score priests of the love. The, the four score is 80. All 81 of them say, somebody say, listen, look at what us are doing that not have gone into the temple and here he is trying to light the incense. Oh, well, have he not read the Bible? Only priests. Notice that verse 18. And they withstood Uzziah, the king. And they come a time, I don't care who you are, you cannot disrupt God's kingdom. I don't care what you do, how you how how you gotten, you cannot disrupt God's kingdom. I don't care you're the king, but you're not the king of kings. I don't care you're the law, but you're not the Lord of law. 
Jesus Christ died for his church. You cannot come up in here and change things for this. And the Bible says, and they withstood Uzziah, the king, and said unto him, it apparently, you don't seem to understand, appertaineth not unto this, this, this is not your job. Now, now they're trying to be, I, I can imagine, they're trying to be nice to the king. Uh, king, hey, king, brother, and say, hey, king, what you doing, man? You can't do this. King, like, I'm going to do it anyhow. Yeah, you got the ball in the book, I'm going to do it anyhow. King said, listen. I mean, other I said, listen, you, uh, uh, the priest said, listen, Israelite said, you can't do this. This is not for you to do. Uzziah to burn incense unto the Lord. But the priest and the son of Aaron that are consecrated to burn incense go out of the sanctuary. In other words, they can have out enough of you. You've got to get out of here. Get up on out of here. The Bible says, Thou hast transgressed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. In other words, you got to be careful because a lot of people look at the ministry or the preaching as some kind of honor. We have to be careful not to get caught up into the, the, the preaching. Uh, and a, a lot of folks in the pulpit are there because uh, they want some honor, some prestige, uh, they, they, because they don't want people to get mad at them because you're a real preacher. <laughs> I said, if you're a real preacher, you're going to make some folks mad from time to time. Amen? You're going to make some folks angry from time to time. And the Bible teaches us that, uh, notice now, that uh, in verse number uh, 19, then Uzziah was wroth. He was angry. He was mad. Look at it. And the Bible says, and had a incense in his hand to burn the incense. You know, he had already got it there. I'm finna burn. Get me, y'all, y'all, I'm here. Let me have this. And while he was, now listen, listen, while he was wrong with the priest. That's, 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 <laughs> mad at the preacher. Mad with the priest. That what the preacher said. I don't like what he's saying. He's talking about me. Yes. The Bible talking about us. I said the Bible talking about us. Uh, we must understand that. Now, now, now understand that. Uh, let, let me finish up. Then I'll come back in. The Bible says that he was wrong with the priest and leprosy even rose upon the forehead before the priest and the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. In other words, as he was in the light, <laughs> the incense, the Bible says, leprosy started popping up on his face. Leprosy. Look at it. God. And, and leprosy is a representation of sin. There is no greater sin than the disrespect God anointed, that God called to teach you the word of God. There's no greater disrespect. So how much honor God has given you, you better mindful. Notice what the Bible says. And uh, as a writer, the priest 
the chief priest, <laughs> the chief, I'm just saying one more time, the chief priest, uh, I, I one time I, uh, someone called me uh, the, the chief uh, elder because I'm, I'm a chief. You know, I was a chief at the time. And it went on out. Everybody, he called himself uh, the, uh, chief, the chief bishop. I'm an elder. He the chief bishop. No, I'm not the chief bishop. I'm an elder. I'm a, I don't think I'm a bishop. Elder, bishop, all those are the same words. But I, I, I mean, I, I am so humble, it hurt me for somebody to think that I want to be called the chief elder at the Royal City Church of Christ. They called me chief because I was their chief. And it, and it hurt my heart. But and So what did I do? I left it in the hand of God. I said, God, you handle it. Because you um, make rich and make poor. You. Know the Bible says now in verse 20. And Ezariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him. And behold, he was leper in the forehead. <laughs> and they and, and then they notice what Bible said, and they thrust him out from this. Yea, himself haste. Uh, in other words, <laughs> listen, listen, come here, come here. Oh, I said, y'all ain't got to take me out. I gone. <laughs> you ain't got to throw me out. I'm getting out of here. I got leprosy. I, I got to get up out of here. And don't let God call you to have leprosy. Uh, I'm not talking about physical leprosy. Sin, God, and that you die from your sin. You better listen to God. Notice what he says. He says, uh, even Isaiah said, let me get up out of here because the Lord had smited me. And the Bible said he lived by himself. Now, 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 come here, come here, come here. Let me, let me help you out. Let me give you uh, four homiletics. I got about ten minutes here. We don't have a question. So four homiletics. Got ten minutes. Um, what I want you to understand is the subjective charge of the preacher. The subjective charge of the preacher. What preachers are subjected to. If you're going to be a preacher, you've got to be mindful that folks don't get mad with you. They're going to get angry with you. You, you, you ought to understand that. Uh, so the frustration of Paul. So to understand this, the frustration of Paul, Paul said, listen, uh, oh, wretched man that I am. In other words, preaching does not give, uh, make me think I'm somebody. Don't look for preaching to make you think you're somebody. And a lot of preachers in the pulpit, even in the body of Christ, thinking that they're somebody. Uh uh, they they want to be called. You know, I don't care if folks call me to do gospel meeting, revival, whatever. I, I have a church to preach at. I'm preaching at the Rose Church of Christ where everybody's somebody. Jesus Christ is Lord, and we are bound for heaven. We're not guessing we're going to heaven. We know we're going to heaven. That's what we do every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we come together. I got elders. There's four of us. got deacons, uh, six of us, and we all work together. We have our ups and downs. We have our struggle. But the one thing about my elders and leadership, they don't grab the incense to try to burn when God called the preacher. They know who is the preacher. Matter of fact, we had uh, my, the ministerial anniversary about three weeks ago. Dr. Willie L. Davis came and spoke and did a marvelous job. Uh, and and they, uh, the church blessed my wife and I. 
Uh, got Elder Tillman and Elder Powell and Elder Brock. And then myself is an elder. And, man, we had a ball in the deacons. And everybody is honoring my wife. And, and uh, we're not arguing about whether she's the first lady or the second lady. She's my wife. <laughs> the Bible speaks, Brother Kelly. You're not angry. Paul said, listen. He said, I know the frustration because he's the old wretched man that I am. So when you, when you stand up and preach, like I'm talking to you now, it, I, I feel wretched. This doesn't encourage me to the point where I think I'm better than those that are listening. This thing makes me realize, oh, wretched man that I am, the body of sin that's on me, who's going to help me get out of here? Paul said, listen, I'm walking around every day with this wretched body of mine. I got a body of sin. I'm struggling like everybody else. What is going on in the world with us? Okay, okay. The subjective charge. Number one is uh, uh, Romans chapter, uh, Romans, I ain't going to try to read all of this, kind of short to you. Romans chapter 10, if I turn to Romans chapter 10, and the verse is uh, number 13. Romans 10 and the verse is 13. This is the subjective charge. Romans 10 and the verse is number 13. And you find these words written. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word called there, meaning that uh, give your life to. This is, in verse 14, the, the subjective charge. Number one is, how then shall they be called on in him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how, whoo, let the Bible speak, Brother Trinity Philip. And how shall they hear without a preacher? You better hear this. God expects the church to have a preacher. Now, there are a lot of churches now that got uh, elders and deacons and they preaching. No, no, no. You got to have a preacher. You get married when you want to. I mean, all of the brotherhood now. You got to preach. Now, we don't want no preacher. We got to be a rotate out. <laughs> Where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? That you can rotate out. You've got to have a preacher. God worked through the minister. Okay, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, the next uh, objective charge is uh, um, have not your father persecuted. <laughs> Jesus said in Acts, no, uh, the, the apostle said in Acts, I'm not going to read that, Acts chapter 7 and verse 51 through uh 53, it says, y'all stiff-necked. <laughs> so y'all stiff-necked. And, and when you preach it, you preach it some stiff-neck. Sometimes you have some stiff-neck. Why? Because they think that they are better than everybody else in the chat. Okay, I got, I got to go to it. In the, uh, Acts, chapter, Acts chapter 7 and the verse is 51. Acts 7 and the verse is number 51. Uh, Acts 7, 51 in the Bible, you find this word. You stiff-neck uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Spirit as your father did, so do ye. You do just like they did in the Old Testament. You ignore. It says, which of the prophets have your father not persecuted? And now listen, listen, preachers, 
you, you must understand the subjective charge, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be, folks going to be angry with you, going to be mad with you. You're going to go through some stuff. Which prophet have they not persecuted? Show us before the coming of the Lord. Show us. All right. Number three. Uh, then in Matthew, Jesus talked about Matthew 23, verse number 19, I mean, 29 through 36. Jesus said, uh, you know, y'all, y'all, you're like, y'all, you're like your dad. Y'all, y'all persecuted. And they said, if we had been there. <laughs> Woo! In other words, they're supposed to be seeking themselves. Come out. If I had been living in Jesus' day, I wouldn't have been crucifying him. Yes, you would have. If you wouldn't have been, you, we couldn't have been saved today. If I had been living in the days of the apostles, I, I, if I had been living in Moses, in the, in the Noah's Ark, you'd have been left out. <laughs> if you had been living in the days of Noah, you'd have been left out, because only eight souls were saved. If I had been living uh, when they were visiting town, I told them, yeah, y'all, y'all know y'all wrong. No, you wouldn't have. Okay, okay, okay. And then lastly, we must understand that our help comes from the Lord. God help Uzziah become one of the greatest kings of all time. And then he got the big head. He got the big head and thought that uh, he could run the church. He can go into the temple. He wanted, he wanted all the glory. Let somebody have some glory. Let the preacher, let the preacher have the glory that God gave them. Why do you want to take all the glory? <laughs> let the preacher and preachers remember that we are wretched. We're no better than anybody else. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Now I gotta stop. My time is up. Is that uh, don't allow yourself to become so entitled meant to thinking that you're a preacher and you uh, des- deserve what you get. No. We are vessels, pots, broken pots, and God cleanse us and use us. We sin like everybody else. We do wrong, we've done wrong, like everybody else. But God chose us. That's the difference. Okay, what must I do, brother, to become a Christian? You must hear the gospel, the gospel, the death and burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You must believe it. You must confess, repent, uh, and be baptized into the water to of baptism. And then I make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And and call any church. And call, in, call me up. Uh, call be on on uh, Facebook. Numbers on there, and and then you understand, and stop being angry with the preacher. Because God, if God called you to preach, He'll prepare you. I'm telling you, I know. I was called at the age of ten years old. I knew I was going to be a preacher at the age of ten. My grandfather, uh, they, I, some things I can't tell you right now, but. Uh, he knew I was 18. I knew I was going to be a preacher. And God called me. When I was in the uh, eighth grade, I was reading on the third grade level. God gave me the ability to play football, not because he wanted me to be a good football player, but because he wanted me to be a good reader. The head coach, wife, took me every evening and studied and showed me how to read. 
and right. When I graduated from high school, I read over a college, I read on college level. And I matriculated at Southwestern Christian College. And, and, and God blessed me. Now, understand this, that God, you got to be understand that people are not going to always like you, but you stand for God. Preach the word. Remember this. Keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. It ain't all good, but it's going to be good. Because I love him. I'm on him. But I'm doing fine. And I trust him. Everything ain't well, but it's going to be swell. In the fullness of time, everything's going to be fine. Whoa. In the fullness of time, everything is all right. Sometimes I feel like I'm a rundown man. But I'm looking upward. Cause I know him. I'm trying to be holy. I want to be worthy. So So he'll know me. I look around me and it seems like evil wins. In the fullness of time. I know. Everything's going to be fine. Oh, in the fullness. In the fullness of time. Everything is alright. Well, when things don't move the way you want them to, things that you know ought to come to you. Find their way to another place. It makes it
everything, everything is listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. This is a program reminder. Stevie B. Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Gospel Light Radio Show. On Tuesday evening, I'm hosting a live show before the Working Lord Radio Show. And this show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. The second Tuesday of the month, the show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we have a, a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ who will be making a proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. Also during that show, we have the Community Corner segment, and that segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. Also, I have two co-hosts on that show. Lou Gilbert, he served as evangelist for the Old Book Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And also my co-host, Isa Mullins, he served with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And then on the third Tuesday of the month, that show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host, Dr. Antherica Lane, she's a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. And she serves with the Gray Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. And she'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, that show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host is Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. And she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. Then on Thursday evening, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And I have eight co-hosts on that show, Clay Phillips, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cotter, Robert Lee Johnson, Glenn McMillian, Brian Christian Coleman, Stanley Hubbard, and Yusuf Al Ford. They'll be making their proclamations of the Gospel of Christ. And each week I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook that I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show as well. Then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast, and that radio show is the 2022 recipient for the Nakama National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. This show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. On this show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. We're also interviewing artists, producers, writers on that broadcast, and featuring new music and old music on that broadcast as well. And every third Friday of the month, I have my Top 20 Countdown show. And we also have on-demand episodes where we get your favorite podcasts from. Just go to the various musical platforms, whether it be Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, iTunes, Amazon Music, just to name a few. We also have recorded version shows. Just search for Stevie B's Media Production Recorded Version Shows. And these shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. We also want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. 
If you'd like to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home. Said I'm going home. I'm going home. Said I'm going home. Said I'm going home. Said I'm going home. Said I'm going home. I'll be going on home. I'm gonna fly away to a better place. I can hardly wait. No, 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 no. Going home. Hey, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about me. I'm going on home. See the king.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Stanley Hubbard. Bless you, bless you. This is Brother Hubbard of the Kingsley Terrace Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. A church where God is glorified, the saints are sanctified, and our lives are changed. We have a chance to come to the beautiful city of Indianapolis. We invite you to come and experience the wonders of the circle city and the magic that God does as he works through his people to impact the world that we're living in. We thank you for the opportunity to share a word with you on this evening. We pray that you're experiencing all the gifts and the mercies and the blessings that God can give us on a wonderful and glorious day like the one we have today. We'll turn our attention, if we could, to the book of Deuteronomy in the chapter of number 30. Looking in the 30th chapter, beginning at verse number 11, hear the words of uh, Moses as he writes this great book. Of course, Deuteronomy is Moses' farewell letter. He's led God's people as far as he could take them. He's at that crevice of life when it comes to the point of assessing the decisions that he made and how God has used him. But here are the words he writes as words of warning and instruction that impact their lives and words that if giving wisdom can affect and impact ours. He writes beginning at verse 11. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven and get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. In other words, he's saying this ain't hard. Verse 11, he continues saying, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. I set before you, I set before you this day, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land. He swore to give to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What an interesting text to examine. What an amazing thought to consider. Who chooses to not have life? Notice the idea inside of the text. Today, I choose to obey God. I I choose to forgive, and I I choose to love because God is love. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of today. That does make good sense. When we intentionally choose God over our desires, we position our lives to live a life without regrets. It's the idea of God over everything makes all of life easy. Moses had led them. He, he can take them no further. They are about to enter a new world. It is promised territory. What will it be like? 
what will the next venture of life discover? What will it offer to us as we seek to find a bond and a connection with God? What might be the direction your life will turn? As, as you're looking at the ending of this context of this year and the direction of the days that may be ahead, what will, what will God do in your next future? What will happen in the next days and weeks of your life? What are the steps that God's going to take to mold you, to empower you? What is the next turn and curve in your life going to look like? Maybe right now you're in a juncture of your life as you're looking at some major turn and change. All of our lives, there are moments of assessment and evaluation, a time to stop and examine where you are and give thought to which way you're going. What will it be like in the next few weeks and months of your life? What will the rest of 2023 be like? What will 2024 look like? Will it be blessing? Will it be cursing? Will it experience life, pain, wealth, or health? Our Father says to us what he said to them. But, but who? He says, choose life. Please admit it, Lord. Who would choose death? And who would choose struggle? Apparently, it's really not a yes or no question. It's not really a choice question inside this text. It's not just saying, I choose life. I choose blessing. Well, of course, we always say that, but, but it's really not a choice question of just saying yes or saying no. See, the world says watch your back while God is saying I got your back. God is more than enough when you understand what it means to connect with him. You'll understand what it means to actually choose life. See, first God chooses us first. Then you start feeling a hunger for him. Men cannot choose God. It is God who chooses men by opening the door for all men to receive the gift. He offers to all mankind. Dear God, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being with me all the way, but never leaving me or, or, or never stop loving me. Moses, inside this text, is basically, and I want you to give thought to this, that many times we're blessed to have a chance to live more than one life in one life. I don't know about you, but I could say I actually have lived more than one life. But I, I want you to see periodically here, at least temporarily here, at, at Moses' life. Moses, you could actually say, lived three separate lifestyles. You could say Moses' first life was 40 years in Pharaoh's house. In Pharaoh's house, he had education. And he had, he had the, all, the, all, the, all the comforts of his day. He lived in luxury. He had fame. That was Pharaoh's son. He had respect. And all the things the world can offer. You could actually say the first life that Moses lived, his first 40 years of life were years of richness. I mean, it was Mr. Moses coming through. It was, it was a man who could pick the best clothing and have the best education and have all the art capacity that he wanted. All the things the world has to offer, Moses could declare that my first life, my first 40 years of life were lives of, of richness and, and the wonders the world has to offer. But then, of course, you know the context here that Moses actually killed an Egyptian and and from that experience, he ended up running away. And so you could basically say Moses entered a second life. His second 40 years of his life were years in poverty. He ran away, ended up marrying and, and taking care of dumb sheep for 40 years. But, but the 40 years he lived in the second life, you could say, was a, a life of peace, a life of love, a life of family, a life of stability, yet borderline a life of poverty. He lived in a second life, you could say, with, without all the things the world has to offer. And therefore, you can declare that Moses, by contrast, by second 40 years, identified two basic ideas or approaches to life as a whole. 
Certainly, this glance at Moses as you could say his third life, the last 40 years of his life, he spent with God's people. Now, what would that be like? It was a life of battle, a life of struggle, a life of purpose, a life of power, a life of disappointment, a life of being loved, a life of being hated, a life of being misunderstood, a life of being understood. Yet a life of meaning and real power with a life of purpose obeying God. I don't know about you, but I can look back in the context of my own life and declare there were moments in my life that I had the things that war had to offer, and I felt a sense of completeness in that context. And then I've had moments in my life I could declare I did not have all the things the world has to offer, and I learned there's something beautiful and the power of family and serenity. But Moses discovered about life, and that is that, that whether you can have a life of richness or a life of poverty, but the most important kind of have a life is a life of obeying God and connecting with God. It's out of that ideology, it's out of that context, out of that mindset that Moses writes with these words, he identifies for us that this capacity to choose life is a choice. In chapter 30, verse 15, he says, see, see, notice I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Interesting terms inside of this text. Uh, the word here in chapter 30, verse 15, the word see here actually is the Hebrew word for aha. And, and the word see here literally means open your eyes, examine, discover what's obvious, to be aware and to recognize a truth. When Moses said in chapter 30, verse 15, see, he's saying, I want you to do, stop moving, slow down, sit down, be reflective, be aware. Notice around you, look at your life, look at where you have been, look at where you are right now, look at the, at the direction your life is going down. Stop, slow down, stop, see, see, look with your spiritual eyes and be aware that at this moment, at this point in your life, at this time, you're at a juncture in your life. See. Be aware, be observant. So often we live our lives in foolishness with no consideration of the thought. Solomon was brilliant in recent the context of sharing the idea. He said, I did a lot of things, but I did it with wisdom. Solomon said, I had a party. I, I had a party, but after the party, I sat down and gave contemplative thought. What did I really get out of that party? Yeah, it was a great time, but the moment it ended, it actually ended. Solomon could declare. I looked at the idea of knowledge, the idea of having women, 700 wives, or 300 concubines. Yeah, it was all fun, but when I examined it, what did it add to me? What value did I have by being a man who had slaves underneath me, by being a man who, who could build irrigation and build buildings? I looked at it. I did all the things I did, he said, with wisdom, the idea of this term, to see, to open your eyes, to examine, discover, look at what's obvious if you're willing to open your eyes and not function blindly. He says, see, I set before you. Another interesting Hebrew word. The, the term you literally, the word means how someone is set in prison. He's really saying like, I, I'm taking a truth and I'm arresting and forcing that truth in front of your face. One, he says, I want you to take some time and you examine, but I'm going to take this truth and put it right in your face where you cannot deny it. See, I set before you, I arrest the truth and put this truth in front of you that you have the power to choose, to choose life 
are to choose death. Stop looking. Listen, think about this truth I'm presenting in front of your face. I want you to see what God calls you to. Now, let's notice the text. Verse 19 of chapter 30. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life, blessings, and curses. Now, choose life so that you and your children may live. The power, friend, to choose is in your hand. See, every choice leads somewhere. See, if you choose alcohol or choose drugs or choose food or choose reading or choose spirituality or choose money, all of these things are leading you somewhere. Every decision that you make is leading you down a path and, of course, a life of service, a life of love, a life of care, a life of commitment to the cause of God or a life to things that desire to be set. Whichever one you choose becomes the master you live by. The word life is interesting, too, here inside this text. It's choose life. I want you to look at life and stop looking at living experience of life, to, to use up every legitimate part life can bring you. Life is like choosing money, fame, power, and riches. Moses lived three lives. He lived rich. He lived poor. He lived in obedient, purposeful submission to the God who loves him. So failure, failure, like choosing life, choosing blessings, and failure, just like the context of that, choosing destruction is a choice. If you don't choose a life of trusting God, you choose what is left. Believers often sing a song declaring the idea, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We almost give the impression that we are the only ones passing through. Let me share something with you. This world is nobody's home. All of us are going to die. I don't care if you're a believer or not a believer. You ain't staying here. Your time is going to come to an end, and you will bounce up out of this place. So the reality is the only distinction is those who come to love the Lord and trust the Lord. Yes, they understand they're making preparation for what happens next. But if you've made no plans for what's ahead, you're in serious trouble. Why? Because God does not plan for your failure. God only plans for your success. I, I go, he says, Jesus said in John 14, I go prepare a place for you. And when I prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. He identifies for the fact that heaven is a prepared place for people. God has no plan for people who don't choose God. A place prepared for us, prepared for the devil and his angels. And if you don't choose to be in the place with God, by default, you're choosing what's left. I want to challenge you to be aware that death and evil as a separation and struggle without benefit. If you choose death and you choose evil, you're choosing something different that's not worth falling into. The heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. And the word heart determines what you hear. It what draws you, what draws you and what it pulls you to your worship to God. What do you worship? Do you worship reputation? Do you worship money? Do you worship yourself? Success, like failure, is a choice. Choosing your father is choosing to succeed. Any choice but God is a choice to fail and a choice to fall apart. Life is to be enjoyed and experienced to choose life with God's word. If you love the Lord, you will walk his way, obey him, 
and let him bless you. You choose success by choosing your Lord. Word Lord is an interesting word. It's the word curios, right? And we often talk about the idea of the confession. Confess that, that we identify as the importance of first becoming a believer. You, you've heard the word of God, right? That's because anything God expects you to do, he, he gives it to you first. He, and Romans 5 says he gives you love. And then it tells us that God gives us faith. And 17 talks about everything God expects you to have, he gives you first. He gives you his joy. He gives you his peace. He gives you everything you need. He gives it to you first. And then when God gives it to you, he, anytime he tells you to do something, he tells you to do it because he, first of all, gave you what you need. So first he gives us the word of God. Why? By giving you the word, the word gives you faith. He actually gave you faith by giving you the word that gives you faith. Well, once you receive the word, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? Because the ones that come to God must believe that he, he will reward those who diligently seek him. You've got to come to the Lord with faith, believing he's going to bless you because you trust him. Then it says, Luke 13, 3, 5, that you must repent, that uh, if you don't repent, you will perish. But then we talk about confession. You hear, believe, repent, confess, confess. And we suggest confession is mainly the idea of getting in front of an audience and saying, I believe that Jesus is the son of the living God. Confessing is confessing that Jesus is your Lord. Your Lord. The word Lord is the Greek word kurios. What's a kurios? Your Lord or your kurios is the one that tells you what to do, where to do, and how to do it. See, you hear the word of God that gives you faith. You believe that word that you receive, that faith comes from that word, and then you decide to repent, which is a change of mind that says no to sin, yes to God, no to my way, yes to God's way. You change your idea. I realize all my choices are bad and terrible. I need a change, and that's what repentance is. It's a change of mind. But once you change your mind, you need another, another direction. Declaring your confession declares that Jesus is your, you're asking him to become your curios or your Lord. Your Lord tells you what to do, where to do, and how to do it. Confession is more than just making a declaration in front of an audience. Confession is declaring that I want Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Your Lord, he gives you instruction and guidance on what to do, where to do, and how to do it. For him to become your Lord, he can't be your Lord is who you were to who you were, and therefore you must be buried. Mark 16, 16 says, he that believeth is baptized shall be saved. In baptism, we bury the old person. You rise out the water to walk in a brand new life because you're brand new. All things have become new. You can start over fresh. Now you can choose life. And the purpose of your life is to make sure somebody is blessed because of you. The Lord said, Mark 10, I came, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. Friend, you're just a servant of the things you have access to. The Lord is either your Lord, your Savior, and he is your master. He's your curio. He's the one that tells you what to do. If he can't tell you what to do, apparently you're not one of his kids. His sheep hear his voice. His sheep follow his voice. His sheep are obedient to his call. So if he said, I came to serve, I challenge you. If you're choosing life. What are you serving? Where's your service? Your life is to be a stamp of an illustration of what it means to trust in God. And if somehow your life is not manifesting a spirit, an ideology, an example, an illustration of somebody who loves and trusts God, then you've got to ask yourself the question, is he really your Lord? It's not enough to go to worship service and come back home. It's not enough to argue with folk about scripture. 
It's about impacting the lives and the hearts of others. How many hearts and lives have been touched? Well, nobody talks to me. Nobody will listen to me. Bless you. You can be a part of anything. And that's shorter every Sunday in your congregation of people who ask you for prayer, who in some kind of a need. There are kids walking around, and you don't even know their name. You should be mentoring and touching lives every day that you live. Choose life, and if you choose life, then you like the Lord did, your life becomes a light to a lost, blind, and dying world. And people see the path to take because they're watching your life as it shines. And here was life, and his life was the light of men, John chapter 1. My challenge to you is choose life. Don't choose living. Choose life, which means if you give up your life, you'll get a life, your life and make your life a blessing because you chose him. You chose life. May God bless you. May God give you strength. May God give you peace. And now I commend you to God and to the words of his grace, which are able to build you up in inheritance among all of us who are the sanctified. May God bless you when you walk together in peace. Be blessed. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my co-hosts, Clay Phillips and Stanley Hubbard, for their efforts on the show this evening. What a word those, those brothers preached this evening. I really enjoy listening to the preaching of God's Word. And I hope you're enjoying broadcast as well. What a blessing. It is my prayer that these lessons this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light radio show. On behalf of my co-host, we really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.